This is the way. I'm your host, Steve Lascauza. Welcome to our second podcast about Star Wars Visions. It's an anthology of anime-styled animation available right now on Disney+. All nine episodes of Season 1 became available to stream on the same day, September 22, 2021. Now, it might very well end up being the first season of many seasons. And if you haven't already, check out the Star Wars Visions Filmmaker Focus series. It's a bunch of featurettes on Disney+, and you can access that on that Visions menu by going over to, I think it's Special Features... Since you're here for episode two, you might go back and watch the featurette on the duel, and then maybe also for the one for today's episode about Tatooine Rhapsody. Those will give you some insight into the making of the short films, and if you're checking us out, chances are that's something that might interest you. It's in the extras section. That's it, extras section. They're not in order, though, so you'll have to look up the featurette by the title. The one for Tatooine Rhapsody features Lucasfilm VPs Jackie Lopez, James Wong, and animation development director Josh Rimes, as well as Cubic Pictures producer Kanako Shirasaki, director Taku Kimura, and voice talent Bobby Moynihan and Joseph Gordon-Levitt for this episode. The featurettes are nice looks at the different Japanese anime art houses. They run from about five minutes or so on the short end to about eight minutes on the long side. Contrast that with the actual short films, which have run times from 12 minutes into the low 20s. The stories told... Don't interweave. They don't reference each other. And they don't count as far as canon is concerned. These are just different artists telling stories they want to tell in the way in which they're inspired. It's different. Especially today's episode about a galactic rocker or galactic rockers on a quest to reunite with a bandmate. It's Star Wars through a different lens. Maybe that's why they call it Visions. This is the way. Hello, I'm Steve Lascauzo, and I would like to talk to you about Cufflinks.com. As we get closer to seeing The Book of Boba Fett on Disney Plus in December, we must all realize we have less and less time to shop for that perfect holiday gift. My recommendation to you is go to Cufflinks.com and take a look around. Brand new on the site in October is the Darth Vader helmet double wrap stainless steel bracelet. Beautiful. All Vader black. It's just one of the new items available this month. This is the way, so you know you're going to get Mando and Grogu, Boba Fett, Vader, R2-D2, Yoda. But you're going to find items featuring troopers, TIE fighters, the Death Star, the Millennium Falcon, lightsabers, blasters, walkers, speeders, Kylo Ren, Chewie, BB-8, a Red 5 helmet, and folks, I'm not even naming everything sorted into the first two pages of Star Wars accessories. There are more than 3,000 licensed items made by this small, family-run business that happens to be the exclusive, officially licensed provider of cufflinks for dozens of top-name brands. So maybe you love Star Wars, but you're looking for something else, or for someone else. Cufflinks.com has a selection of Disney, Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, Star Trek, DC Comics, and fans of our This Is The Way Phase 4 podcast know they've got a great selection of Marvel-themed merchandise as well. There are selections featuring top fashion design names, sports-themed items from leagues like MLB, NFL, NCAA, NHL, and the NBA. I mentioned bracelets earlier, so you know it's not all cufflinks. Ties, tie bars and clips, shirt studs and stays, father and son gift sets, lapel pins, money clips, pocket squares, socks, even a mystery box. And if you listened to us last year, you might recall how excited Andy and Tim were to see what and how much 
was inside of each of those. If you go shopping, enter the way 15 at checkout for 15% off everything in your cart with no minimum to buy. Now, if you spend more than $175 in October, use their 20% off code FRESHLOOKS for even more savings. Whether you want to share your imperial side or let everyone know how much of a rebel you are, Cufflinks.com has you covered. Check out Cufflinks.com today. Episode 2 is titled Tatooine Rhapsody. The director is Taku Kimura. Writer, Yasumi Adarashi. Lucasfilm hesitated upon hearing the pitch for this one, according to the filmmaker focus featurette I just referenced near the beginning of the podcast. The director mentioned how important music is to the Star Wars universe. But when I hear that, I immediately think of John Williams and the sweeping epic of the themes that he created. The music at the center of this episode is much different. And the ending is more Empire Strikes Back than A New Hope. If you've seen it, you, you know why I mentioned that. Put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. Alright, let's go through the episode. It begins not in space or a village, but in battle. A Padawan running for his life. Clone troopers and battle droids lying on the ground, signaling this must be taking place during the Clone Wars era. The Padawan runs out of room to run, falls from a high place down into a transport below, and musical instruments line the walls, and a hut is in the shadows, asks, not who are you, but what are you? The Padawan nervously clutches his broken lightsaber hilt, struggling to find an answer. We see this is something of a flashback, because what the Padawan becomes is the lead singer in that hut's band. Jay introduces his fellow bandmates. Jay is voiced by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who also voiced Slow and Low in Episode 8. Geezer the Hut, a flaming rumble bass player, whatever that is, voiced by Bobby Moynihan, who is no stranger to voicing Star Wars characters since he was the voice of Orca on Resistance, Pintu San-El in Star Wars The Clone Wars Season 7, and Cecil Slack in the VR experience Tales from Galaxy's Edge, and he was also known for his portrayal of George Lucas when he was a cast member on Saturday Night Live. Curdy, or K-334, is a protocol droid, dual electrified guitar player. She's voiced by Shelby Young, and I say she because Shelby Young is a woman, who also provided the voice of Princess Leia in Star Wars Forces of Destiny shorts. Then there's Lan, a three-torso, three-headed red alien with three personalities, all independent and all playing the versatile cluster drums. Again, that's a created musical instrument, I guess. V5, the droid in charge of the sound mix, and then, of course, there's Jay, the lead guitarist and lead singer. They make up Star Waver, and they're playing some sort of gig in what looks like a docking bay with a draped covering on it. In the middle of the song, a bounty hunter famous to us approaches the band, Boba Fett, is joined by a Weequay, Nikto, and a hooded and partially masked human, I believe, and he is there to bring Geezer to Jabba the Hutt. Fett warns he will disintegrate Geezer's friends if he doesn't come along, but Geezer kind of mocks him, says Jabba must want his autograph. He shouts, Let's rock him! And he and his bandmates subdue the hired help and Boba Fett, and since their ship, the Rolling Gales, makes up part of the stage, they're already where they need to be for the getaway. Boba Fett appears to halt his pursuit, but punches some information into his wrist guard as the band flies off. 
It's apparently the third time Geezer has been sought by a bounty hunter at a gig. Because I have to believe this is the first time Fett has been sent. And probably it's the result of Star Waver giving the others to slip. The ship gets rocked by blaster fire and Jay utters the Star Wars classic line. I got a bad feeling about this. Fett is chasing in what was once called Slave One. Now it's just Boba Fett's ship. He shoots them down. When he boards, Fett reveals that his bounty is marked for execution. Geezer skipped out on the family business, it seems, as he doesn't want to be a criminal. He wants to make music. When Fett threatens to kill his friends, Geezer goes willingly. This doesn't sit well with the former Padawan. Jay goes to confront Boba Fett outside the ship. Geezer's being led away. Fett warns him. You really want to do this? Jay tries igniting his lightsaber, and Fett, seeing it malfunction, just continues on with his bounty. The rest of the band gets to work fixing the ship, and Jay pouts. Curdy confronts him, really, trying to rationalize that there's nothing they could do, and says, ultimately, they're just a band. Now, that line seems to cause Jay to look inward. He recalls more of the first meeting between him and Geezer. Then V5 brings up an audio recording of the first time the group played together, and it causes more introspection, and Jay, finally unable to contain his emotion, runs out into the rain and screams. As he comes to acceptance, the rain stops, the skies part, sunlight is let in, and Jay repeats Curdy's words. You were right, Curdy. In the end, we're just a band. We're just a band. We then see Tatooine from space, the twin suns from the atmosphere, and then the camera action pans down to the pod race amphitheater from the Phantom Menace. Instead of races, though, people seem gathered for the execution of Geezer. Geezer is met by Bib Fortuna, who undoes his bonds, and that kind of confuses him. That's because his band is there for one more song. He is kind of incredulous. The Star Wavers convince Jabba to let them all play before the execution. Together, one last time. Over Gee's objections, the group seems happy to have such a huge gig. Jay almost seems a little too happy, if you ask me. The group is let out, guards seeing Jay's help, but then he tells them, don't worry, he's just repurposed it as a microphone. Lan counts them in and they launch into the song from earlier. Apparently it's titled Galactic Dreamer. That's what I found in the credits. Come on, shout it out! They get to play a full song, finally, without interruption, and it goes well enough to start being picked up by the Star Wars version of social media. And it makes its way all the way into the Moss Eisley Cantina, where the jazz band, the modal nodes, is watching. Don't know if I can tell if they're happy or sad or angry. They just kind of are looking at a hollow projection. Most importantly, though, Jabba is seen to be enjoying himself so much. So when the crowd starts to chant for one more song, it's not hard for him to relent from the execution. Jay even boldly asks Jabba to sponsor them since they're an up-and-coming band in the galaxy. It's unknown whether Jabba accepts that offer, but he does permit at least one more song, and the group plays seemingly having won Geezer's pardon and newfound fame for themselves on Tatooine. So it ends with Boba Fett having you know, successfully gotten his cargo to Jabba, kind of like Empire Strikes Back, and we're not sure if this is a happy ending or not. So the animation style is much different in this short film from The Duel, and I think this is also the shortest one of them all. It's much more kid-friendly, 
I'll say. The story is light, both on content and in theme, even with the slightly dark ending, I guess you'd say. Disney and Lucasfilm were after different perspectives. That's why they did this. And it would have been wrong to shy away from a story like this. It kind of fits a Saturday morning cartoon vibe, where you could have seen this as maybe an episode of Ewoks back in the 80s. So that doesn't mean it's not worth watching, and it doesn't mean it's really great. I just think that the brevity of the episode and this story, keeping it short, helped make it enjoyable rather than a bore or tedious. It wasn't great, but it also wasn't the first episode. So there's some carryover for me from The Duel into this episode. If this one was the first one, I don't know that I would have been as excited for the rest of them. But I think where it was placed was on purpose, and I think it makes sense. Yeah? Good. I hope you enjoyed our podcast today, and I want to tell you about our current giveaway thanks to our previously mentioned sponsor, Cufflinks.com. For complete entry instructions into our giveaway, I suggest you download and listen to our September News Update podcast. But I can tell you, you're going to need a Twitter account to follow us. Then you're going to need to like a post, reply with some hashtags, email our show with your address so that we know that you have a U.S. mailing address. That's part of why we need to verify you. I do also recommend that you listen to our Marvel-themed podcast, This is the Way Phase 4. It's all about Marvel shows and movies in Phase 4 of the MCU, but the reason I mention that here is that there's a giveaway going on there as well. You can enter both of them at the same time. You could win both of them. It's got similar rules to enter as well. Please also go check out the merchandise at cufflinks.com. If you shop there, use our exclusive promo code at checkout. You can save 15% site-wide using the code THEWAY15. It's active through the end of the year and maybe even through the end of our Book of Boba Fett coverage into 2022. Again, the code is THEWAY15. You can email us at thisisthewaypodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at thisisthewaypod or on facebook.com at slash thisisthewaypod. Okay then, you ready for one more? This one's for the fans! The next episode of Star Wars Visions is already available. Again, they all dropped at the same time. The next one, episode three, is called The Twins. And it will be the focus of our next Visions podcast. Until then, I'm your host, Steve Lascalzo. And this is the way. May the Force be with you, always. Always.